Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. Hello, Healthcare Experience Matters listeners. I have a very, very exciting guest for us today. We are going to be talking about nurse retention, which is such a timely subject. And I am so honored to have Dr. Ramonita Jimenez joining us today. And she is the Chief Nursing Officer in the Department of Patient Care with Hackensack University. Dr. Jimenez, if there's anything else you wanted to add to your bio or let listeners know a little bit about what your professional role entails there at Hackensack University Medical Center, please let us know. Sure, sure. Well, thank you so much for having me today, Casey. As you mentioned, I am the Chief Nursing Officer here at Hackensack University Medical Center, and um, we are the largest hospital in our system. I currently serve as the Chief Nursing Officer, so I collaborate with other senior um, executives in developing and executing the the strategic plan uh, for our site, the medical center, right? And um, I'm also the site chief nursing officer, which I also sit at the, um, as a network nursing exec leadership team at our network. Um, I'm responsible for defining, planning, obviously, implementing, evaluating, and advancing um, the profession. I have responsibility for um, the scope and delivery of nursing services here um, at Hackensack University Medical Center. Um, so anywhere that a patient is touched and there's a nurse, um, that individual, um, I'm responsible for the care that's being delivered. So it's a huge scope. Um, I have about um, 2,500 nurses uh, without the ancillary team members that report into me. So it is a large um, network of, of a team. And um, I certainly um, enjoy my role here. And um, I'm certainly honored and privileged to serve um, as a CNO. Um, and I feel that um, it is a high calling, right, to be in a role like this. Um, you're here to serve not only the team, the patients, but also the community that I have um, the privilege of being able to serve. So that's a little bit about me. Um, and the role that I play here at Hackensack University Medical Center, ensuring that I'm driving the nursing strategic plan to the best of my ability, um, allocating resources where I need to, and supporting the team um, as well. And I'd love to hear briefly before we jump into the heart of today's discussion, I'd love to hear about you know what you love most about working in healthcare and kind of how you got into the field and you know your journey because as we know you're in charge of a lot of responsibility now as in this executive position but curious just how you got to that position. Sure. So I grew up in a city. I grew up in the city of Patterson uh, and went to schools in Patterson, went to high school in Patterson. And along the way, I've had people that have really served as mentors for me. Um, I knew that I wanted to be a nurse at about the age of eight, believe it or not. I used to care. I used to um, always have bandages and band-aids and I would be, you know, um, doing, uh, taking care of people and um, whatever I can get my hands on to make it better, I would do that. So I knew that, you know, nursing and caring for people was something that I wanted to do. Um, and I was fortunate enough that people um, encouraged me, right? So I began my journey in, um, in college where I worked as 
um, a nursing assistant every other weekend, went to Rutgers for my undergrad and um, worked as a nursing assistant. I started off as a nursing assistant, um, working every other weekend. And um, and then during my breaks, I would um, pick up extra hours during, during winter break and spring break and the summers and what have you. And when I graduated, became a GN, um, worked, stayed at the same hospital, Kennedy Memorial Hospital System. And um, it was just great. I worked as a staff nurse. And from there, I became a charge nurse, head nurse, um, left, left that facility for an opportunity um, at Valley and worked at Valley for about 18 years. Great organization. Very good to me. And there I worked as a manager, director, um, left there as a director of Periop and came here for a great opportunity. Um, I was not looking for an opportunity. Actually, I received a call from a colleague and I thought I would explore it. And my husband said, you need to go for it. Hackensack has a great name. And um, he said, you should go. And I went and I went on the interview and things went well. I was interviewed by about 50 people, actually. It was a series of days that I came here. And um then I was offered a director position. Um, I came here and I have to say that it was probably the best decision that I made uh, professionally and um, came as a director, was promoted to administrator, was given multiple, um, you know, opportunities for growth. Um, this is an organization that does believe in its team members and the growth and development of its, of not only its team, but also its leaders. And um, a couple of years ago was moved into the interim role and um, then applied for the CNO position, went through the process. And today I serve as a chief nursing officer. So that is how my journey began. And um, when I look back, I can say to you that um, never did I ever think that I would be sitting in the seat that I'm sitting in now, except for probably five years ago when I said, I want to be able to represent nurses and advance a profession and do all that I can um, to make things better, not only for the patients, but also for the team that I have the opportunity of working with. So that is my journey. And along the way, I went back to school, got my master's and my doctorate. Um, you know, I got certifications along the way, all the things that I believe are important um, when you are um, in, in a position, in an executive leadership position. So that is my journey, a humble one, humble beginnings. Um, my parents, uh, you know, were factory workers. Um, dad worked two and three jobs that put me through school. Um, so as I reflect back, I'm very humbled and honored um, to serve in this position. And I say to people, listen, you can, you can dream big and you can get as far as you want to go. You just have to work hard. And that I learned um, as a child that in order to um, advance in life, you have to work hard. Things are not going to be handed to you, nor should they. You should work for them. And you have a deeper appreciation when you do. Very inspiring story there. I want to talk about the innovative work that you're doing now. Your credentials have been solidified in the eyes of our listeners for sure. And uh, so I want to know about the innovative work, though, that you're doing in specifically regards to nurse retention. Just let's start there. Tell us about sure. it. Sure. Sure. 
So Casey, um, I think there's a couple of things that we have to consider when we talk about nurse retention. And it's not just, um, it's not one thing, it's many things, right? So when I look at nurse retention, I said, does the team have what they need to be able to do the job? Do they have the tools, the equipment? Do they have the skill set? All of that matters. And what about their work environment? Do they have a work environment where they feel that they can contribute? And I believe that that's important. Having a shared governance model, I think it's critical. We have one here. Um, we're actually going for our seventh magnet um, redesignation um, later on this month. So as an organization, we have a shared governance model where nurses um, are part of the decision-making, come to the table, they're in councils and committees, their voice matters. Um, and I always tell the team, use your voice appropriately to advocate for the things that matter to you and matter to your patients. I think that's important. A couple of things that we are doing, um, as I mentioned, it's not just about um, retaining the team, right? It's about engaging your workforce, engaging that nurse and ensuring that they have um, the tools, the equipment, the skill set, but also that you're supporting them um, in their journey. And some of that may be going back to school. Some of that may be adjusting hours because, you know, they have if children, right? So they, our nurses do three 12 hour days. Some are full time, some are part time, some are per diem. Um, I'm currently looking at more flexible work schedules for the team. Um, recently, we had a pilot um, where we did um, a six month pilot of nurse leaders doing a four day work week. And the reason that we moved in that direction, our, our uh, network, um, leadership team offered that, right? Offered us that opportunity. And I advocated for that here at the local level. I felt, let's do this for the nurse leaders that have been through so much post-pandemic, right? These men and women um, served us right during the pandemic. And, and many of them had their uniforms on and worked alongside their staff. So why can't we do something for them? And so we did the four-day work week. It's a pilot and it's gone very well. Uh, we piloted in one service line, um, the med surge service line, and um, the leaders have been doing the four days. It's worked well. Um, obviously, there, there are metrics that they have to meet. Um, we have to make sure that all our nursing sensitive indicators are met. We have to make sure that our team member engagement has met. And we also have to make sure that patients are are pleased, are satisfied, because there is a correlation between patient satisfaction and the quality of care that we provide to our patients. So all of those metrics were put in place and we had conversations with the team. We said, hey, listen, you can do the pilot, but these are going to be the deliverables. And if we miss the mark on any of this and it's an issue, right, then that means that this isn't working. Um, but if you're able to deliver, which I believe you will, then we're good. And I have to say to you, Casey, that the managers, um, their team member engagement is, is, is high. Their patient experience scores, for the most part, most areas have improved. There is one department that is struggling somewhat, but there are some external factors, right, that we have to consider. Um, and all of their nursing sensitive indicators are within within um, the standard, um, and some have even improved. So that tells me as a leader that these nurses, these nurse leaders 
were able to work the four days and still get the work done, right? And they're still um, responsible for the quality and the patient experience, the team member engagement, and all of the hospital goals that we have in place. Um, and we're in a better place. The other thing that we have to consider is, um, you know, these leaders, when they're off, we're saying to them, we don't want you to be connected. So it's not to give you a four-day work week so you can start being connected when you're not here. No, you need to also um, delegate to your assistant nurse managers, right? So that these AMs can take the ball and run with it. Um, and you can be completely off disconnected and not worried about what's going on in the hospital. Um, so, so I was able to advocate for that. We're doing it. Um, it's going really well. And my goal is um, to uh, roll it out to the rest of the medical center and also possibly even look at other levels of team members, not just managers, but perhaps the next level could also be looked at. So those are some of the things. And then, you know, we're looking at um, virtual nursing. We had a, a pilot within our system that's gone very, very well. We're looking to roll out virtual nursing in 2024. So there are other things that we are looking at to technology to help support us with retention. Um, that's critical, Casey. I think um, also engaging the frontline. Um, as a CNO, I have, you know, town hall meetings with the different service lines. So I make it, you know, um, I, I put it on the calendar. I attend these one hour sessions with the nurses and afford them the opportunity of asking questions. I have an open door policy. Um, I connect with the frontline. I think it's important. I round every day in our system. We are expected to have um, rounding time every day. So as an executive, people see me every day um, on the units, rounding and connecting with the team. Um, connecting with the team, I think, is important. Um, if you want to retain your nurses, you have to stay close. You have to provide them with what they need. You have to lend an ear. You have to listen to them and you have to advocate when you have to. And perhaps people might think, well, you know, you work in a large hospital system, you're able to do things. And I'm here to tell you, I have the same challenges that everybody else does. I have a budget that I have to adhere to. I have resources that I have to make sure I keep in place. And I can't just keep adding people when I want to do things. I have to get creative. And sometimes we're shifting things around and moving things as needed um, to make sure that the team has what they need. Well, that is a very hearty response. And there's so much there to go through. And I would encourage listeners to maybe run that one back on your podcast player or on YouTube to, to really soak in a lot of the strategic stuff going on, a lot of the tactics being implemented and, and a lot of the, the metrics that you've set up to track and the four, the four day work week, this is a lot. Um, through all that you've done there, is there any just kind of overarching key lessons that you wanted to add that maybe didn't cover in that last segment? So I would say, Casey, that, um, I, and I think I briefly touched upon it, which was the um, the team member engagement, allowing nurses to be in the different forms and councils is critical. Um, nurses can drive change. You need them at the table to help you. So I think it's important. I don't want to ever downplay that. I believe that 
bringing your team to the table and hearing them and implementing and executing on their ideas is very important. Um, here at um, HMH, we have what we call the Beers Den, which is um, it's a program that we have where nurses that have innovation ideas, they can bring them to the table. And then we have a team that will work with them. And if they need to trademark or do whatever it is that they need to do, we will help them with that. Um, copyright, whatever needs to happen. So um, a lot of great things. But I would always say we need to hear the team out. We need to allow them to express themselves. They have great ideas, often much better than ours. They're working closer to the patient. They know what their barriers are. And as leaders, it is our responsibility to help to remove those barriers to the best of our ability. There are times that we can, and then there's times we can't. And when we can't, we still have to go back to that team and say, hey, listen, we've explored all of this. This is the reason that we have to move in this direction. And I think people would appreciate that more than anything else. Now, Hackensack Hospital, it's an academic teaching hospital, of course, highly respected. Um, many of our listeners, uh, you kind of talked about this a little bit, but many listeners may be in smaller community hospitals with limited resources compared to Hackensack Hospital. So just share with us some of the innovative ideas that you might recommend for others who are dealing in smaller scale operations. Um, you know, how, what would you help them out with? Sure, sure. So I would say, although um, I work in a large system and Hackensack is, is a flagship hospital in our system, there's a large hospital. So we have resources here that perhaps the smaller sites may not have. But here's what I say, that at the end of the day, we all have budgets that we have to adhere to and we have to be um you know, held accountable, and we are for our budgets. So even though you might be in a smaller site, there's still ideas you can implement. You can look at the tools that your team has, the equipment. You can speak to the team about where some of their barriers. And then in terms of, um, you know, you could even pilot a four-day work week, you know, at a smaller scale with with your leaders. Um, I, I believe that if you bring people to the table and you tell them what you're thinking about and the reason that you're moving in that direction, that they will understand that and they will appreciate that. And they might even have better ideas for you. So I would say don't just say, oh, well, she works in a, hard, in a larger system. I'm not sure that I can do that. Listen, I've worked in um, smaller organizations as well. I worked in two community hospitals before I came here. So I know what it's like um, in terms of resources, but I can say to you, if you as a leader believe in your heart, this is the right thing to do, then you need to be able to um, put your heart to it, create a business plan, advocate for the resources. And sometimes it's not, you may not be given the resources but you are able to look at your um, at at your entire budget and say, "All right, you know what? I might be able to carve this out to create this." Um, most recently, we created a vascular access team here, um, something that was much needed, something that I've advocated for um, for quite a few years, and and um, lately we were able to get that approved. Um, but I. It's not about adding, it's about taking resources from other places and putting them together and saying, okay, this is what I'm gonna create. Um, 
but don't be held back by the fact that you're in a smaller institution. You still have resources. And if you don't have them, you can advocate for them, create a business plan, get your chief financial officer behind you. um, And the two of you can work together to create a plan. And then you can present that plan to the appropriate individuals and get the approvals necessary. Never give up as a leader advocate. You know, like I said, the Vascar Access team, um, when I first came here, I've, I've been here for 13 years. I can tell you that we didn't have one. And um, I had put a plan together um, two years after being here, and it was not approved then. So I kept going back. And then, you know, it's about timing, right, as well. It's about timing. And I thought the timing was perfect this year, and we will move forward, and we were able to put it together. So I would say, regardless of where you're at, you can um, you can advocate, you can reallocate resources, and you can make it happen. And the four-day work week is not going to cost you a penny because you have your people in place. It's about looking at your metrics and saying, all right, team, let's do this. Let's pilot it. Let's do a six-month pilot. If it's working well, we're going to continue it. And if it doesn't, we're going to come back to the drawing board and see how we can do this. But we, we need to give it a try. Never give up. Always, you know, one thing I can tell you that as a leader, I'm resilient and I won't give up and I will keep advocating until um, I feel that things are moving in the right direction. That about sums it up, I would imagine. Um, I almost hesitate to ask this because there was there's been so much we've covered and feels, you know, all encompassing. But was there anything else you wanted to leave um, with our listeners? So, no, I, I, I think we're good. Um, I want to thank you for the opportunity and I want to encourage uh, my colleagues um, that, you know, we understand that leadership is is hard. Leadership is not easy. It's not for the faint at heart. But I believe that um, if you have goals, you can certainly work towards those goals and achieve those goals. And I, I want to just end with this quote that I love by Dr. Uh, John C. Maxwell, it says, the pessimist complains about the wind, the optimist expects it to change, the leader adjusts the sails. And I always say as leaders, we have to adjust the sails. Um, we want to be um, we want to be present, we want to be there for the team, and we want to adjust the sails as, as the turbulence comes, as issues arise, and we want to rise to the occasion and not give in, but to do what needs to be done. Thank you. What a great quote. Dr. Jimenez is Vice President and Chief Nursing Officer at Hackensack Meridian in Hackensack University Medical Center in New Jersey. I want to thank her again for her time today. This was a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Casey. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation with today's episode teaming with PRC. To learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.